Hey, SoundCloud listeners, this is Ed Van Ness. And I'm John Shannon. You found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. You can catch us live every Saturday at 10 a.m. by downloading the Radio TFI app. Enjoy the show. Adios. See ya. You found the Taxi Stand Hour. Over. On Radio TFI. Hey, it is once again the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI for this uh, Saturday, August 24th, 2019. Thank you for joining us here on Radio TFI and on Periscope and for little later on for you folks uh, listening on SoundCloud. We thank you for joining us. Uh, and I should probably point out from Egan, Minnesota, the Northern Command Studios, I'm John Shannon. And from Queens, New York, once again, it is Mr. Ed Van Nesk. Good morning, sir. Good morning, kids and kittens. And... And if I've done my job correctly, we no longer sound like we're on a bad 1950s telephone. We should sound nice and clear. Since I've taken over the reins again at the board, technical difficulties were abounding. I found the the reason why this morning. So hopefully you're hearing us nice, clear, booming, and uh, we can get on with all the silliness and the and and the uh, nonsense. You'll be able to hear it clearly today. And by the way, it's not later for the SoundCloud SoundCloud people. It's right now. For them, it's right now. For us, it's later for them. Well, thank thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you for clarifying that. Well, it's a whole time shift thing. I I, I, I mean, you you can't mess with the space-time continuum. It's a... I I know. And I'm truly, truly sorry for doing so. Well, you're, you know. Oh, oh. So what's been going on in your life this well, week? Well, well, first things first, I have held off for the past couple of days. Uh, uh-huh. As you kids and kittens may or may not realize, we put out a promo every Friday for the upcoming show, which as often as not has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, but just whatever comes into my twisted little mind. But I, I put out a collage of fictional presidents asking the question, who is your, well, here's the question I put on, who is your fa- favorite fictional president? I spelled, I misspelled it. But, but our hero here, John Shannon, posted on Twitter that I left one off. And now I have been breathless with anticipation the past couple of days. Who, John, who did I leave off? Well, let, let's actually start with that because... To uh, to tell you the truth, I actually found a uh, a little piece here, if I can find it again. With well, you uh, re- you realize there were hun- the, hun- the- there were there were hundreds of people I left off that. Well, but I think of one because my let me put it this way: you left off my favorite. Oh, okay. Well, that, that now uh, there's also, there's also a, a difference too. 
that uh, we're talking movies where actually my favorite fictional president is uh, none other than Kiefer uh, Sutherland. Then you did not who, look uh, at plays. you didn't Thomas Kirkman. Thomas Kirkman on oh, Doesn't you, you... Oh, is he on there? Yeah, I'm he is. Sorry. Okay. Unfortunately, well, we'll... I, I can only magnify that uh, so far, and it's you know, when I'm One... looking on it, looking at the image on my phone, I can only I can only go so far or magnify it so far. So when will they but learn to stop doubting? There me? is. I'm sorry. What? I said, when will they learn to stop doubting me? Oh, I know. So anyways, USA Today put out a list of uh, the top 10 uh, presidents in the movies. So really? uh, I'll give you that list real quick. Yeah. Number 10 is James Dale, played by Jack Nicholson in Mars Attacks. I had that on the collage. I'm opening the collage. Hold on. I'm opening that collage right now because as we go down this list. By the way, if you haven't seen oh, Mars Attacks. Go ahead. I, if, I, um, I didn't say that you... Uh, I'm not saying you forgot these. I'm just giving you the list. Okay, but before you go any further, if you have never seen Mars Attacks, you have to see it. It is just celebrity cameos all over the place. Jack Nicholson plays a bunch of characters, and he is just hilarious in it. I'm not a huge Nicholson fan, but he is fantastic in that movie. Okay. All righty then. Uh, number nine is a tie. Yeah. Uh, number nine is a tie. Uh, Russell Kramer and Matt Douglas, played by Jack Lemon and James Garner in My Fellow Americans. Great a movie. movie. I absolutely loved. Great movie. Um, by the way, here's a little piece of trivia is, for you. John, here's a little piece of trivia for you. If you watch that movie... Yeah. There's a scene where they jump off the train. There's a scene uh -huh. where they jump off the train. James Garner did that same exact scene in uh, uh, The Great Escape. Was it's it The a, Great Escape? Okay. Yeah, it's a callback I, to I that scene. I thought it might have been in his Maverick case. No, 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 no. That was The Great Escape. <laughs> okay. Okay, number eight. And this is the one I think you uh, missed, by the way. Number no. eight is Alan Turnbull, uh, who's played by Morgan Freeman in Angel Has Fallen. Now, I, 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 I take offense to that slightly because I have Morgan Freeman from uh, Deep Impact, where he plays President Beck. Oh, did you put... Did you, Jesus, I, really, I couldn't see that. Well, then I stand, I stand corrected then. Different character. Like but, I normally, I, uh -huh. but I have him in there. I always, for whatever reason, have always felt. I, I, I first off, I like Morgan Freeman to begin with, and whenever he plays the president, I just think that if he was our he was our real president, he would have a calming influence on this country, which, quite frankly, right now we need. Yes, we do. So anyway, uh, anyways, uh, number seven is uh, Merkin Muffley. Peter Sellers uh, from Doctor Strangelove. I thought about that, but I thought the reference might be a little too old for, or a little too too obscure. 
but yes, you're right. You're right. Okay, number six is Jack Stanton, played by uh, John Travolta in Primary Colors. Never saw the movie. Neither did I, actually. Uh, number five is uh, Tom Beck, Mormon Free- uh, Morgan Freeman. There you go. In Deep Impact. Thank you. There he is. This seemed to be a favorite of a few people that uh, responded to this. Uh, number four, James Marshall, who was played by Harrison Ford. Sure, Air Force One. And you probably had him, too. Air Force right. One, yes, indeed. Right, un- right under Jeb Bartlett. Number, number three is uh, Dave. Yeah! Dave Kovic. <laughs> but- Another one of my favorite movies. Kevin Klein thought of once again, thought about it, thought, eh, you know, I, I'm only putting so many pictures on there, you know, and uh, uh-huh. I, it wasn't necessarily people I liked or whatnot, but what I thought people would be able to recognize. So, okay. And I, I don't, and I, I just, two. Dave is good. It's a great movie, but I just didn't think it had the popular appeal. This one, I, I don't remember. I think you had hit this one in here. Uh, number two is Andrew Shepard, played by Michael Douglas in The American President. No, I did not. I did not have that. You didn't have that one? No. Oh. Oh. Okay. But in- interestingly and- enough, interestingly enough, the guy that plays as chief of staff in that movie, Martin Sheen, I have as uh-huh. Jeb Bartlett, as Jeb Bartlett from The West Wing. Yeah, you do. That's right. I remember yeah. that. Um, number one, this one actually I forgot all about. Uh, number one, Thomas J. Whitmore. Yeah, Independence played Day. Played by Bill Pullman. Independence Day, yes. I, I have him. I have him. Now, here... here so there, here, my friend. Now, here's who, wasn't meant, here's who wasn't mentioned that I have. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Uh huh. Uh, 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 oh, she. Oh, God. What's her name? Uh, Selena Kyle. Uh, not Selena Kyle. Who's the girl from? Uh, who's the girl from Seinfeld? I'm looking right at her. I can't. Julia Louis Dreyfus from Veep. She right. eventually became president. Mm-hmm. David Palmer from uh, 24. That's uh, that's Dennis uh, Haysbird, who now does all the uh, insurance commercials. Uh, let's see, and fi- right, and finally, uh, Kevin Spacey. Well, not finally, Kevin Spacey as Frank Underwood. Although, say what you will about him House personally, of House of Cards. And finally, now finally, uh, my favorite fictional president, Martin Sheen as Jeb Bartlett from The West Wing. Huh. And that's that. I, I I don't know but I don't know how you feel about this, but I like movies in general, uh, where you have um, a about the presidency, like the American president was technically about the president who had a uh who he had dated a girlfriend a girl. as they Right. Uh, right. He was widowed and I know the story, uh-huh. I've seen it, but not the whole it's mm. I liked that movie. Another one I liked was Dave. Really liked that one. Dave was very good. It's it's underrated. It's very underrated. Kevin Klein, as always, was fantastic. But yes, yes, indeed. 
So what else we got today? So what else do we have here? Well, let's let's start with the uh, with the goobers. Okay. Uh, well, before let's let's start with the goobers. Of course, uh, their stock is uh, is 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 proving the laws of gravity every day. They're down at thirty three dollars and forty three cents, and Lyft is down to forty nine dollars. So uh, it's just a matter of time, kids. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, we've got uh, some audio well, today. What happens when it hits zero level? I don't know. What if it hits zero? What happens? <laughs> I think people would have flung themselves oh, out of tall buildings long before that. All right, I got a piece oh, of well, audio. You know, that's what you get. I got a piece of audio here from WVTF in Nashville, mm -hmm. Tennessee, regarding an Uber driver who was quite upset that Uber is not paying for the damage to her car. We're gonna play. We're gonna play the audio, and. Uh, and we'll talk about it on the other side. It is a common side hustle here in the mid-state, driving for a rideshare company. And this is something you should hear. An Uber driver involved in an accident while on the clock is forced to pay thousands to fix her car. The reason? Her personal insurance won't cover her, and neither will the company's insurance. New attendant, she explains her frustrations to News Channel 5's Emily Luxon in hopes of warning other drivers. Obviously, there's damage to the hood. This came off. The door doesn't open all the way now. Jennifer Reed's car has seen better days. The airbag is, it was deployed and the seatbelt locked on impact. She started driving for Uber about a year ago to make some extra money and safety has always been a priority. As a woman, I, I just try to take care of myself the best way that I can. I don't let people sit up front with me. But last week, she was involved in an accident. I was waiting for a ride, traveling on I-40, and rear-ended somebody. Left with some bruises and a beat-up car, Jennifer says the real headache started when she learned her insurance wouldn't cover the damage. As soon as I turn on my app, the Uber app, my personal insurance turns off because my car is considered a business. Uber's website states the company requires drivers to have personal insurance, but the company also provides additional coverage to protect drivers. Third-party liability insurance applies if drivers are available or waiting for a ride request or en route to pick up riders and during trips. Jennifer says it seems unfair Uber will cover the damage to the car she hit, but not her own. Their reason was because I didn't have anyone in the car, but the only reason I was in the car was to drive Uber. Jennifer feels both insurance companies are taking advantage of her and fears others have faced the same situation. Other Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, you need to know that there's a gray area that you can fall into and that this could potentially set you back thousands of dollars. She wants to see Uber clarify its policy so drivers will feel safe on the road. It's unfair. It's, it's criminal, and they're shirking their responsibilities. It doesn't meet the buckle anymore. In Nashville, Emily Luxon, News Channel 5. And my response to that is, duh. And uh, what what the hell did you think was going to happen? Oh, well, I got to tone that down a little bit. Uh, now, here's a classic case of somebody who does not understand, A, how her personal insurance works, B, how uh, operating as an illegal taxi, how your insurance works. Your insurance company in that case wants nothing to do with you. By the way, you rear-ended somebody. It's your fault. 
Whether or not you have that app on is irrelevant. You're waiting for a ride. Well, guess what? That's what commercial insurance is for to cover you during those quote-unquote gap periods. So now she rear-ends somebody and she's looking for somebody to pay for it. Well, guess what? A, if you had comp and collision on your car, you would pay, your dedu pay the deductible and go about your business, you'd probably see your, your rates go up. But by the way, now that they know you're driving for Uber, good luck finding insurance. I don't know what the, what the laws are in Tennessee or what the usual practices are. But here's a woman who is just, and you know me, I'm not a guy to, to defend Uber. But in this situation, mm -hmm. they're not wrong. You didn't have a passenger. You were at fault. Why are we paying? She doesn't understand how yeah, liability insurance. Offering liability insurance. That's it, which does not cover you or your uh -huh. car. It covers damage that you will do to other people, their property, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when I when I came across this story, I just sat there in amazement. But then I realized how many of these drivers have no clue. They think, oh, oh, Uber's wonderful. They're going to cover me under any situation. No, they're not going to cover. They're not going to cover you at all. That's and that's another story. If if you, you know, this was an easy one for them to wiggle out of. They, and honestly, there was no wiggling out of it. They had no. They didn't. It, it wasn't up to them to cover. No customer in the car. Uh, she was not on her way to a job. Uh, and even still, it was her fault. This is not collision insurance. This is liability. No. No, no, absolutely. So, so in other now, words, they, um, they, well, they did. And and I, uh, hold on, John. According to the story, Uber did take care of the other car with their insurance or somebody's yeah. insurance because that's what liability insurance does. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Taking out. No, no, no that's, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, uh, now I lost my train of thought, of course. No. Uh, <laughs> when I was on the dark side there for... A short period of time and yes this is still something i hate to admit but how else are you going to find out the uh, find the insides of what happened what really happens when you uh when you're driving you know we we can report on it all day long but uh fact is it does help to uh to know what's going on um i i i was very careful i'm very careful about you know, I kept extra distance. I made sure. I still do, for that matter. Uh, one of my biggest fears is rear-ending somebody. Uh, and then but, there's the car. Oh, you okay over there? I'm fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> no, uh, I I have personal insurance besides my commercial insurance that the cab company uh, provides, and. I, boy, I tell you, I do, I'm honest with them to the point where I let them know I put on max miles on that car. I don't tell them that I'm transporting passengers, but I do tell them that I do use the car for company business. And that's not, that's not for the Uber's sake, that's for the uh, cab company's sake. So I, because I don't know, I, from, I am pretty sure that if I were to get into any kind of an accident uh, while doing business with uh, Transportation Plus, uh, 
um, uh, if I did not have uh, if I did not have that uh, other insurance, I wouldn't be covered. So, and besides the fact I'm making payments on the car, so uh, uh, by rule I still have to I still have to have a full Company. coverage. Right. Right. On the car. So it's but, yeah. but you have uh, you have commercial insurance through the company through the company yes i do so, so then you're fine but i would never yeah but i would have never at the time uh when i was was on the dark side i would have never turned in any kind of an accident on well, not, insurance when i was operating uh, well, operating doing uber and lyft well see Absolutely my situation my situation was a little different because I had my commercial insurance so that I could transport passengers. Uh-huh. And people would say to me, well, well, what happens if there's an accident? What do you tell Uber? I don't tell them anything. They're not going to do anything anyway. I'll go, I'll go through my, you know, I would tell people, you're covered. You're absolutely covered and in this vehicle. The, and that's really the way to do it. No, I knew that. And that's why I did it. All right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So there is, I do have a pet peeve here, and this is unrelated to Uber. And this is out of uh, Australia. Hey, Mike. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to read the story to you best I can. Uh, oh God, get comfortable kids. You've been out drinking. John's reading. Really? 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 Watch you're, me put my feet up. Matters any. Thank no. you very much. No, I'm not. You've been out drinking with friends, but your feet are hurting and you're exhausted from a long working week. Now, again, keep in mind, this is Australian. Hey, mate. Your warm bed and a, your warm bed and a long night's sleep beckons. But when you go out to jump in a cab, the doors are locked. Instead of being offered the sanctuary of a paid car ride home, the driver demands that you tell them where you're going through a slight crack in the window. And when the fare revenue is deemed insufficient, the window closes and you're again left alone on the side of the road in the middle of the night. So what this story is getting at, and this is again in Australia. Oh, keep reading, Uncle John. Keep reading. Oh, take a pill. I just did. <laughs> I bet you did. Um, what this is saying is something that, you know, has been what a pet peeve of mine for a long time in this business. And that's when uh, drivers routinely, and this isn't just Australia. I, it's an issue right here in the, in the Twin Cities. Uh, drivers who screen their fares first, try to find out where they're going. And if they're not going on a $20 ride or better, they send them to some other cab or say, I can't take you or whatever excuse, uh, whatever excuse they have. And you have to understand that, you know, yeah, Uber and uh, Uber and Lyft might have eventually uh, come on the scene, but they wouldn't have been as popular is as if we would have, uh, if we'd have just been doing our damn jobs in this, uh, in this industry. Uh, if if we'd take people who were intoxicated, that's the reason the taxis work at night is is to be is to take uh, intoxicated <laughs> passengers, keep them off the road. 
If I didn't have you, drunks in Well, I worked nights for a gazillion years. You go out, mm-hmm. you ex you you not only expect it, this is what you're looking for. Let me tell you, kids and kittens, here's the little dark side, if you will, of the night shift. It's not even a dark side, it's just a little bit of evil on all of us. You're taking okay, the daytime is a lot of people to the airport, little old ladies to the doctors. It's very routine. Uh, grocery stores, that kind of thing. Nighttime. Man, I tell you what, the cab business is literally day and night. It is a completely different business at night. So now you come out, you're working, you're getting people and tourists to the restaurants and the bars, and then later on, you're bringing them home, and that's where the fun begins. Because, among other things, you have the boyfriend-girlfriend drama, the the arguments, the making out, the this, that, and the other thing. You have... I I, I started keeping boxes of tissues and, and napkins in my cab for the crying girl oh he's such a bastard he was looking at that other girl but here you go honey here you go you hand him a tissue suddenly you're their best pal and you know the only friend they got you find out what's going on you get them home and now you feel bad because you hate to take their money but you will and then of course you have the people who are oh man you're my best pal this is the best cab I've 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 ever been in how much is it, buddy? And this is on the way. How much is it going to be? About $20. Here, here. Here's 30 Take it now. All right. Thank you. A couple minutes later. What do I owe you? Well, it was a, here. Here's another 20 My record is getting paid six times on the same ride. You know, and people generally are having a good time. You got your drunk idiots, you know, that they, they cause you problems. But I tell you what, you're out there at night to take the people. Look, we, we look for the nightclubs and the restaurants. That's where you congregate because this is where the business is. And you know what? They want to go around the corner. Take them around the corner. Why? Because, look, some of them are jerks. They'll give you the $2.75 that's on the meter. Others will hand you that 20. Thanks, pal. You're the best. You're, you know what? I've ridden a lot of cabs. And you're just, have a good night, my friend. Just, you know, you sit there, you take the praises. I have a hand-drawn, a hand-drawn portrait of Spencer Tracy that a fellow gave to me, God, 25, 30 years ago. I took him home. It wasn't a long ride. Took him from a nightclub, big old nightclub. Got him home. He pays me, gave me a nice tip. He says, wait, 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 wait here. It's from 1990, actually. That's when they, he drew it. I remember it. Wait, wait, wait right here. He goes into his apartment, comes out, and says, here, I want you to have this. He says, I drew this yesterday. It's a beautiful, beautiful hand-drawn, uh, well, obviously everything is hand-drawn. But this is what people do at night. This is the joy of working at night. I still have it 25, 30 years later. And uh, it that's the, but to roll down, now look, if they, if you got a bunch of young, young guys coming up and they're getting a little antsy, yeah, you, you might want to keep them out until you can calm everybody down. But other than that, you don't ask where they're going. Get in the car, boys. Let's go. You got to make it, look, they're having a good time. Why spoil it? They're going to pay you. They're probably going to tip you very well. Okay, you, you, you take your shot. And by the way, you don't know what where that's going to lead you. 
because more times than not, that that ride from the bar that went about six blocks up, you get there. Oh, I need you to take my buddy to Miami. Can you do that? Now you just picked up an extra hundred bucks on the ride. You just don't know what's going to happen. No. Uh, And I I agree with you. you This is what uh, hurt the business. It does. It, it. That's why it's one of the big reasons why people are, are using uh, Uber and Lyft. Because well, you can't really, you can't really claim it's the money anymore because no. uh, they're surge pricing the hell out of your ride that uh, at that particular time of night. Although to be fair, a lot of Uber uh, Lyft drivers are, are screening their rides. I, I was just gonna. I was yeah. just gonna say that. That. Uh, and it's it's funny because if you look on the uh, on the driver app on Uber, one of the uh, one of the reasons for cancellation uh, is ride isn't worth it. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Uber uh, Uber gives their drivers an out if they don't want the ride. Well. So. Uh, I want to briefly you know read. Would stop that with Uber. You know what would stop that with Uber and Lyft is if they do, quite frankly, what uh, uh, what my cab company does. If they get a ride and the, for whatever reason and the driver gives it back, the, the system locks them out of the system for a half an hour. Mm, yeah. That would put that crap to an end right away. Oh, you had something you said you wanted to read? Uh, no, no. I was going to reiterate a story I told some months ago. Uh, when I was out driving a cab here in New York City, uh, I pulled up to a street corner. I was coming off a side street, and there's this little fella flagging me down. Turns out he's a driver. He's got a cab there. And there's a family, a couple with their two kids. And he's very, oh, oh, they're going to LaGuardia. They're going to LaGuardia. Now, honestly, I didn't want to go to LaGuardia. I don't want to go. It's a nightmare. There's construction has been going on for a hundred years, but you know, so I said, well, why don't you take them? You're, I have to say my prayers. And he was a Muslim or something like that. Yeah. So I'm not trying to get into a cultural war with him and I'm feeling bad for the people because clearly they have a flight to make. Let me get get them away from, from this jamoke. So I get them loaded up, and I'm looking at them with the stink eye the whole time. As we get going, <laughs> as we get going, uh, I'm having a conversation with them, and, and the gentleman's, you know, I said, well, what did he tell you? I'm just curious why he couldn't take you. And he said, oh, yeah, he said, he said he had to go to the bathroom real bad, and he couldn't, he couldn't, he wouldn't be able to make a LaGuardia. I said, that's funny. He told me he had to say his prayers. He just didn't want to go to LaGuardia. That was it. And he did, which if he oh, got yeah. caught, if he got caught doing that here in New York City, his license would be suspended. You can't refuse a ride. You can't ask where they're going before they get in the car. For any, and I asked that question during when I was going through the little uh, the, the little training thing, and I said, "You can't turn uh-huh. them down for no. You can't turn them down for any reason." Okay, well there you go, but. So I see this, and then these guys are scratching their heads and and wondering why they can't make money. And again, I drive around Brooklyn and Queens a lot now, and I see all these lots filled with, uh, and they're parked on the street, cabs all over the place that they can't rent out. Tapping out. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse yeah. me. Well, I, I, I 
I think I've mentioned this story before, but to your point of, you know, you, ne you never know when that little $5 ride, because Minneapolis has a $5 minimum, that little $5 ride could turn into uh, 20 bucks. Oh, easily. Uh, Happens all exactly the time. What it, uh, I remember having uh, Wade Boggs in my cab, picked him up from a, an establishment that was, uh, when I consider it walking distance, you know, it's, a sh it's, it's short. It's literally a block. Uh, because I don't walk, <laughs> but but uh, no, took him took him to his hotel, and I, I didn't make a big deal over who he was or anything like that, and he slipped me a twenty. There you go. Hell, and uh, uh, I'm of the opinion that if you can see it, you don't need a cap. But then again, if you're a million dollar a year ball player, come on, get in. <laughs> I love picking up. <laughs> We use uh, baseball teams used to stay up in Lauderdale uh, when they were in playing the Marlins. They used to love getting those guys and the football teams and and all that. But anyway, mm -hmm. yes, uh, short rides can be frustrating, but you never know what it's going to lead into. But the important thing is, and especially now, see, we're talking about the days when we ruled the roost and we had no competition. Guess what, kids? You got to start playing it straight now. You got to start being nicer to people. Exactly. I I, I give you a little uh, another quick story. Uh, last week, week before, week before, two weeks ago, I had to uh, I had an appointment. It was later at night. I, I was done about eight o'clock, so I needed to take a cab home. So I'm standing outside the place, and plenty of yeah. taxis coming by. Uh, first guy that comes by. A lot. I've seen this on the cabs, but I played dumb. They've got AC tubing running from the front air conditioner vent back through the partition in their Priuses because there's no secondary. I said, what's that? He says, the AC. I said, I'm not getting in that car. So he goes on. It, I went through four more cars, and everyone that pulled up, I would say, is your air conditioning working? Because they pulled out all the time. It was a hot, steamy night. Oh, no, no. The air conditioner doesn't work in this car. Good night. Good night. Uh, uh, one guy I got in, and he said, yeah, my AC's working. We went about a half a block, and I said, that's your heat. He says, no, no, it takes a while to, to, to cool off. I said, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not blowing hot air. You're blowing hot air in. And he didn't have a partition, so it's blowing right on me. I said, look, I know when I'm in a bad AC, it's tepid at best. This was friggin' hot. This was February heat. Finally found a guy. and But these guys want to continue to play these games and then scratch their butt and wonder, why can't I make any money? So. Well, that's exactly right. And even, in, uh, even with our company, you get drivers who will give back. Uh, and uh, you know what really pisses me off about that? On these medical rides that we get, the minimum for this ride is fourteen dollars. Not bad. Some in some cases it's twelve. No, it's fourteen dollars. You could take somebody across the street, literally, for fourteen dollars. Dollars, right? That. You win and some, you lose some, but that's that. It's hard to get these this generation. I'd, I'd say from the last ten or fifteen years to. Uh, to understand that you just take 
uh, I, I, to tell you the truth, the, the, how I do it is I purposely work the areas that have the smaller rides, and then I just boom one one right bang after him, the other, bang them out right after the other. Fourteen dollars uh, a crack. If you could do three of them, handle three, three in an hour. Absolutely. If you, can do, yeah, exactly. You're golden. Uh, yes. But uh, and yeah, it's like I said, it's just one of those reasons why uh, uh, why we're having problems uh, in this industry. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, or unfortunately, or uh, depends on how you want to look at it. Um, Uber and Lyft. Well, you mentioned it. Uber and Lyft are screening their passengers. Well, what's even worse than screening them for uh, the distance of the ride? is screening them if they have a uh, service animal. Mm. Uh, they just got another one in San Francisco, a, a woman with a disability uh, who says Lyft drivers repeatedly cancel her rides is calling uh, for change. And in this case, uh, she has a service dog. Now, uh, service dogs for me, especially if they're a, a golden retriever or some sort of a yellow colored lab, uh, yeah, it's it's not uh, the greatest situation in the world because of my uh, my floor. You know, my uh, my flooring is all black, so uh, you know, a, a dog that sheds is gonna get that. All right. I gotta uh, I gotta stop you right here. Over. I gotta stop you right here because the the service animal issue is one that gets under my skin. First off. If you need an actual mm -hmm. guide dog or an actual an actual for real valid service animal, I, look, I'll let the dogs ride in my lap. I don't care. A, there is no proof that an animal is or is not. People need to get past this, okay? You're not, I, I, I had a discussion two weeks ago with a, with a guy. I, we were just talking and... He says, oh, no, you can get them on the Internet, the license. There is no friggin' license. Second of all, people got to stop abusing it. Be upfront with the driver. Say, look, I've got my dog with me. Uh, do you mind if I take him in the car? My version of that is always, sure, hold him on your lap. Do you have a little towel or a blanket? Blah, blah, you know, you're responsible for it. Look, the ADA is strong. It's way strong there's no wiggle room unfortunately there needs to be a little wiggle room in there because i know if you there's a reason they say whether you are allergic or not or scared it doesn't matter because everybody would use that and uh that's a situation that needs work uh drivers and again i i i've got my stand on that and i and i just it irritates me Every time I see one of these stories, because as often as not, these people aren't really handicapped. And I'm doing air quotes with my white gloves, but uh, that's a Mickey mm -hmm. line. Uh, but it's and I don't I don't mean to cut you off in, on that story, John, but it, it just I'm so tired of it because first off, people tend to exaggerate. She might have had one driver turn her down. She might have put, had a couple of times where drivers pulled up, and I'm not saying drivers aren't jerks about this, because they are. But you know what? When I see a dog tugging at a leash, that's no service animal. That's a pet. This is true. When I see that dog barking, that is a pet, okay? Say to me, 
Be a grown-up. Say, look, I've got my pet with me. Is it okay if I bring him in the vehicle? Will it bother you? Are you allergic? Give me the option. 99 out of 100 times, I'm going to bring bring the pooch in. I, uh, I usually would say to people, I have one question. Is the dog cute? Like they would call me and say, I have a dog. Doesn't matter. One question. Is he cute? Oh, he's the cutest. Well, then he's okay. I just appreciate the fact that they asked me up front. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. They're, they're being honest. They're not trying to play it off like it's something it's not. And, uh, all right, I, I'm getting all fired up here. I don't want to get fired up. Not about this. I'm sorry. Do you want to finish up on this? Well, well, let me uh, well, let me give you just a little background on this story. And you're probably right is she may be, uh, re- uh, may be using the term repeatedly. Mm-hmm. But uh, the story says that a San Francisco woman with a disability says Lyft drivers have repeatedly canceled her rides when they pull up and see her with a service dog. Although this is against Lyft's policies, she says that the rideshare company is not doing enough to stop it. Uh, Talia Lubin is her name, is a law student at uh, UC Hastings. I'm assuming that's uh, University of California. Uh, she has type uh, 1 diabetes. And for more than five years, she's had a diabetic medical alert service dog named Astra, who on more than one occasion has saved her life. Now, so this is, it looks by all, it looks to this by all means that this is a legitimate service dog. What people have to understand is that uh, the, the dog or whatever the animal may be, they're not just for. They're not just seeing eye dogs anymore. Oh, by the way, by, by the way, on that point, according to ADA, guide dog service animals are only dogs or small horses. There's no in between. There's no gray area there. It's dogs or small horses. Actually, that's not necessarily true. No, that is absolutely true. Uh, uh, that is absolutely true. You don't want to go up against me on this one, John. I want you to because I love watching well, you lose, but. <laughs> well, then uh, I, I don't know, but the two cats that we have. Yes. Were uh, were Grant were the my uh, my uh, my stepson's uh, uh, my stepson's uh, 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 therapist or whatever, uh-huh. whatever they are. Uh, now these uh, these cats are for to help with anxiety. She said, "Get a cat, you'll feel better." The cat has yeah, no. Actually, she signed. It doesn't mean anything. I'm telling you, she signed. What what is the cat trained to do? The the cat jumps up on his lap and he pets the cat and all right. Let, oh wow! Because no, because no cat has ever done that before. That's well, not a service animal. That's not a service animal. Call it what you want. It's not a service animal. Read read the law. Dogs and small horses. Let's move on. I'm done with this. I am literally done with this for today. We can do a whole two-hour special someday if you like. But as for right now, we're done. D-U-N. I, I done. Do men- I do want to mention one other point on this. Oh, please do. That, you know, this story is about a Lyft driver. But the fact of the matter is, is that we are, well, I suppose this could apply to, to Uber and Lyft as well. 
if you're going on a short fare, that uh, that dog, I don't, I don't want that dog. I don't want that dog. I'm allergic, or I'm it's against my religion, or whatever the reason may be. Uh, I'm telling you that if that passenger was going for a $75 fare, uh, he'd let the passenger get in the car and dog would sit on his lap. That's right. Now, 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 okay. Now you got me, you lit my fuse again. Okay. Here's, here's what really needs to happen. And the disabled advocates are so against this. These animals need to be identified and licensed as such just because you buy a vest online that says service animal means nothing now the disabled community or the uh, militant disabled community will say well that's treating us differently and we don't want to be treated differently that we have to have hey you know what to drive a car i've got to get a license wait a second to drive a taxi i need a special license if you want to bring that dog, and I want you to bring your dog along, I want you to get all the assistance you can to make your life as pleasant as possible. I'm all for it. But you know what? I can't have every nitwit with his scroungy mutt bring it, trying to bring it into my car. And by the way, don't forget how many people, Lyft and Uber customers, that uh, whatever, they have a beef with the driver, they will say, he refused my service animal. They don't have a pet. They don't have an animal. So the animals need to be licensed or somehow so you can see, okay, this is a valid situation so that all you will now see on planes are dogs or small horses. Tapping out. So really what you... We're done. No, we're done. So really what you're upset about. I Come on. Come on. You don't just get the last word on that. Oh, today I do. Go ahead. For what you're, what you, what you're saying is, is that what what you're, annoys you more than the actual animal is the fact that somebody is using deceptive means to be able to take that animal. Yes, that is exactly is that what it. I'm getting out of this. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I'm uh, moving on right here. Moving on. Good Lord. I got audio. I got audio that I want to play. Go ahead. Got audio. Good lord, he is just happier than the pig in slop right now. What what did I tell audio? What did I tell you before we came on the air? What kind of frame of mind was I in? You were happy. I was happy. Giddy almost. I, I was. Am I now? Has that situation changed even slightly? Yes! You got me all worked up. That's the point of this show, didn't you realize that? And now, a word from George Clooney. Hi, I'm actor, director, and two-time sexiest man alive, George Clooney. Science has given us unprecedented knowledge of the natural world, from subatomic particles to the majesty of space. Science enables us to cure diseases, to communicate across great distances, even to fly. Tragically, though, the volumes of invaluable knowledge gathered over centuries are now threatened by an epidemic of dumb idiots saying dumb You know what this is? It's a snowball, so it's very, very cold out. Dumb is highly contagious, infecting the minds of even the most stable geniuses. If you have a windmill anywhere near your house, they say the noise causes cancer. You tell me that one, okay? Wow. 
As a result, rampant dumb now threatens our health, our security, and our planet. Fortunately, there is hope. At United to defeat untruthful misinformation and support science. You dumbass. Your generous contribution to You Dumbass will provide desperately needed knowledge to dumb idiots on Facebook and Twitter all around the world. Just $20 will convince one idiot that climate change is real. 50 will teach five brainless dumb to vaccinate their kids. And 200 will teach 10 knuckle draggers that dinosaurs existed, but not at the same time as people. Together, we can win the fight against dumb but we can't do it alone. Call this number today. Operators are standing by. Don't be an idiot. The world needs your support. You dumbass. I felt that was appropriate. So where did you find that at, anyways? I found it on Twitter, where where all the great classics reside. Oh. I don't know where it was from, but uh, but uh, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was appropriate. And by the way, speaking of hilarious and appropriate, uh, there's another piece of audio flying around out there. And it's actually been around for about a year or two uh, as we speak about the uh, the great Golden Terrier that, that resides in the, uh, in the White House. Uh, the Cheeto in charge, as we like to see, you're back on animals again. Yeah, I'm back. On, that's right. I'm back on animals. <laughs> but here's here here's Trump, the the great that great Christian, that great evangelist, that great uh, evangelical gentleman who follows has been mo- so religious his entire life. Take a listen to this, kids. You mentioned the Bible. You've been talking about how it's your favorite book. And you said, I think last night in Iowa, some people are surprised that you say that. I'm wondering what one or two of your most favored Bible uh, verses are well, and why. I, I wouldn't want to get into it because to me that's very personal. You know, when I talk about the Bible, it's very personal. So I don't want to get into there's verses. No, I don't no want to get into it. There's no, no verse I, that I, means I a lot to you that you think about or cite. The, the Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Even to cite a verse that no, you like. No, I don't want to do that. I mean, an Old okay. Testament guy or a New Testament guy? Uh, probably equal. I think it's just an incredible... The whole Bible is an incredible. I joke uh, very much so. They always hold up the art of the deal. I say my second favorite book of all time. But uh, I just think the Bible is just something very special. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Boy, is he a master at dancing around things when he wants to be. And that was, I believe, uh, during the primaries two years ago. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah, and 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 just oh, enough. Do you have any? It, I've got uh, the the one last piece I have. It's it's kind of a it's a very sad piece, and I'm not joking about that. And this is aimed at Mitch McConnell. There's a uh, his one of his opponents opponents is running this ad, and it, this is just as poignant just with the audio as it is with the video. So uh, it's, it's a minute long. Uh, Take a listen, folks, and uh, tell me after this that you don't want to go to Washington and go turtle hunting. It was a 10-hour bus ride. We were coal miners with black lung disease, going to see our senator, Mitch McConnell, to try and save our disability benefits. 
10 hours on a bus, and we got to see him for all of one minute. My stepfather and grandfather died of black love. Now I could lose my son. Mitch McConnell let the coal companies walk away from us. And then after one minute, he did too. Our coal miners risked their lives to fuel our country and our growth into a world power. I'm Amy McGrath, and we owe them. I learned in the Marines to leave no one behind. But after 34 years in Washington, Mitch McConnell left our coal miners behind years ago. The question for anyone in Congress is, which side are you on? I approve this message because I'm on the side of miners and their families, and I'll never walk away. And that's an actual campaign ad running in Kentucky right now, and I hope everybody sees it. And, uh, I mean, again, I'm no fan well, of Mitch McConnell. The more people that see that, the, uh, the, the better, because, uh, you know, Kentucky, say what you will, Kentucky, uh, you know, the she's right in, about the fact that coal mining, that's what they, that's what they do in, uh, in Kentucky. And anything to shut down the coal industry would be totally devastating to that state. That state is poor enough as it is. If, uh, as, uh, if I've read correctly, Kentucky is the poorest state in the union. Yeah. Not, a, not, not, not in Mitch McConnell's house. Well, well, that's true, but, uh, but Kentucky, if they lost coal mining, like they want, I mean, yeah, if you could find another industry and, and gradually meld it in, that would be great. But the fact of uh, the fact is of the matter is in 2019, coal mining is what is keeping can, people in Kentucky alive. John, not and to not so not to. Friend, I, I think you're missing the point of that ad. The point of that ad is that I, I is that these these people. The yeah. In other words, Mitch McConnell doesn't care. That's the point of the ad. These guys show up. They've been yeah. working the mines, you know, and uh, it just seemed like you were going off in a different place. But McConnell uh, deems oh, to, wow. oh, I, I will give you one minute of my valuable time. Uh, you know, you're from my state, and I, I can't squeeze out a busload of people. I can only give you a minute. That's, uh, sorry. No, I... All I was trying to do with that was point out the importance of the coal industry. And so when there is a a uh, negative uh, result of that industry, uh, such as black lung disease, it's a serious situation. And you're right, it deserves more than, than one minute of time. And it's nice to know, and I already forgot her name, uh, the lady that's running against him. Former Marine, by the way. Yes. You remember her name? Moving on. Oh, okay. Anyways, um, the fact is that she's uh, running as a Democrat, or is she primarying him? I forget. I, well, I think she's running as a Democrat. Okay. Well, that we'll have more on that next switch. week. Okay. Well, assuming 
that she's running as a Democrat. And I'll look into this, too, and correct myself if need be. But the fact that she is running as a Democrat would tell me that, uh, you know, she understands that the importance of coal mining in her state. And unlike a lot of uh, people on the left, they're not trying to uh, suddenly eliminate coal mining. So, you know, it's important. It's important on a couple different levels. And I hope that people in Kentucky are able to see that and uh, and vote appropriately. So that's all I got on that. Okay. well, well, we got a couple we got a couple minutes left. Uh, You know, I did want to mention I did want to mention we will be here next week. Uh, It's Labor Day weekend. But uh, John and, and yours truly will be here manning the uh, the microphones, doing what it is we do. And then the following week, September September 7th, two weeks hence, we go back to two hours. We'll have football picks. We'll have birthdays. It's going to be fantastic. I think I just surprised John with the birthday thing. He didn't. <laughs> but we're going back to our two-hour no, format. Not, not, now that we've settled back in, we're gonna get, we're gonna return to our, our our two hour format, and it's gonna be wonderful. It's gonna be great, and uh, we didn't even mention the phone number today. But uh, by the well, way, and it matter? <laughs> apparently not. We weren't gonna answer the phone anyway, so screw you, people. But uh, we also <laughs> also want to say thanks again to Scott who won the T-shirt last week. We will be doing that again in the future. Uh, we're we're debating. Well, it's more of an argument over T-shirts or hats. I'm going for hats. John is with T-shirts. We'll uh, we'll settle this during the week. Somebody, there might be a little blood. You never know. You know things get uh. Well, you know, if you want to open that fat wall of yours and buy ten of them at a time, Ooh. and we can give it away. Uh... Ooh. Ooh, that was a that that was hurtful, John. That was hurtful. I'm uh, I'm it's, just cl- it's what I what I do. I am desperately trying to claw my way back to respectability here, and you just keep putting that big old booty yours right on my face. And I got to tell you, I'm I'm starting to enjoy the taste of shoe leather. It's that's how used to it I am. It's uh, what makes so yeah. Think I'm wearing shoes. <laughs> oh 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 that one. Uh, that would that was uh, that was a good one. Well. Uh, did you paint it? How that paint a picture for you, huh? Man, I I wet my pants a little. I peed just a little bit in my pants. <sighs> <laughs> Look at that. We came in oh, just shy. Hey. We came in just shy. We're, we're we're now struggling for the last forty seconds. Thirty seconds left. <laughs> I, I think that that we did pretty good, and we missed a lot of stuff here. So we. I am actually looking forward to going back to two hours. I had such a plate full of stuff here ready, and we just kind of... Well, two weeks. Uh, well, sometimes... Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. But we'll be able to answer that age-old question. What's that? If it's a two-hour show, why the hell are we calling it the taxi stand hour? <sighs> so that's it. Fortunately. What do you say we do tonight? <laughs> Do your thing. From Eden, from Eden, Minnesota, I'm John Shannon. Hot Theos. See ya! They keep on talking all around the clock. 
you, baby, won't you please stop? You talk too much.